With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Jordy and the Chief. Good morning. Welcome to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief here on SEN right around Australia. Great to be with you for another Sunday morning as we take a look at what has been happening around the world. And, uh, well, from my perspective anyway, around the globe, halfway around the world, compared to the Chief where he lives in the United States over in New York. Chief, good morning, mate. How's things? Uh, Very good, Geordie. Good morning. There's plenty happening in uh, American sport, as we said last week. This is that small window of the year where all four of the major sports overlap, and it's always an exciting time. Do American sports fans look forward to this part of the year where you have all four codes happening at the same time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is really one of those great times in the calendar when there's just so much action. And, uh, yeah, sports fans love these times. Um, There's a few others, you know, late April, early May, uh, when there's the NFL draft and then all, th- you know, three leagues going. But uh, really nothing like this, especially when there's, you know, a ch- big championship on the line as well. Absolutely. Uh, what's been taking your, your fancy during the week? Has it, been, uh, has it been NFL? Has it been the World Series, the start of the NBA? What, what's, um, what's been the, the number one priority for you, Chief? Well, you know, I think number one has to be the, the World Series, especially the baseball, especially how dramatic it was. We got, you know, Game 7s in, uh, in the Championship Series, and then Game 1 of the World Series last night was, uh, was an all-time great. So, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, the baseball definitely, though, we're, we're really hitting, uh, you know, the, the meaty part of the NFL season. And, you know, the NBA and NHL, it's such long seasons and in their playoffs, it just seemed like the, the championships were just decided a few months ago. So it's a little harder to kind of get into those sports. They're, they do a lot better once, uh, you know, the NFL and baseball are done. As always, off the top of the show, we like to give our star of the week to someone who has or someone or maybe a team. It can be a collective as well uh, or it can be someone off the field who has been uh, the best performed throughout the week. Who's your star of the week this week, Chief? Well, I have to go with Adelise Garcia of the Texas Rangers, who's just absolutely on fire carrying the Rangers uh, to a game one, well, to a World Series berth, and then a huge home run to win game one in extra innings. And he's just been on fire, just really at the point where uh, it probably behooved the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks not to pitch to him. That's how how good he is right now. He's so locked in at the plate and uh, just the home runs. I think it's like up to five or six games in a row. He's got the most RBIs in the history of a, a major league baseball postseason. Still potentially six more games to go though. Nowadays is an extra round or two, but still just incredible uh, performance by Adelis Garcia. Yeah. I'll, uh, he was at the top of my list too. I think that's the most obvious one from the week. His, his week has been incredible. Um, yeah, helping uh, the Rangers win those last two games in the in the LCS, and now the walk off winner uh, yesterday our time um, uh, yesterday morning 
uh, in game one of this World Series. So, yeah, he was the obvious one during the week. I will give a shout-out, though, as well. I've got to um, declare my allegiance with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who was back in form last week against the Detroit Lions, but also the Ravens. So the Lions have been, you know, one of the uh, more exciting teams to watch this season. One of the more fascinating storylines of the last two years has been their resurgence, Detroit, but the Ravens and their defense has held the Lions uh, to six points last week. And it was almost a shutout. Those six points came late uh, in the game and and the Ravens did a good number on uh, on Detroit. So I'll give a give a, a mention to uh, Lamar Jackson, the star of the week, and that Ravens defense. Um, I reckon we'll start off with uh, with football. Uh, we'll start off where um, I think a lot of Australian sports fans um, probably enjoy NFL and NBA the most, and we'll definitely touch, we'll go in depth with the World Series uh, in a short while. But NFL this week, week number eight of the season, we are nearing the halfway mark of the regular season now, and it started on uh, Thursday night, Friday afternoon, our time with the Bills beating the Bucks 24-18. to 18. And Chief, it, it felt like Josh Allen looked a bit more natural in this game. He probably hasn't been at his absolute swashbuckling best this season just yet, but he was playing a high-tempo game. He looked a bit better. He was running the ball more as well, and I think he just got his confidence up in this game. They win by six points, but it felt like it was a bigger win than just six points on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, the Bills really controlled the game. Um... Tampa Bay had a great chance to win it on a Hail Mary in the final play of the game. Dropped into the end zone untouched. Really, uh, Chris Godwin, if he had a little uh, turn of his head, possibly could have caught that and, and shocked the Buffalo Bills, who were desperate for a win after a couple of really bad losses. Well, a, ba- a really bad loss last week uh, against the New England Patriots. But, yeah, Josh Allen looked a lot better, um, really connecting with uh, not just Stefan Diggs, but Gabe Davis, the tight end, Dalton Kincaid, very good. Yeah. And like, as you said, running the ball. Um, so, yeah, I, it was a, definitely a big step forward for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills for the, the rest of the season, which they hope can lead them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Kincaid was huge. He was. I mean, they've had the pleasure of Dawson Knox at tight end uh, for the last few years, and he's been good. But Kincaid, the rookie who's come in this season, has uh, has looked uh, exciting, and that was definitely his best game, I thought, um, on uh, on Thursday night. Uh, special mention as well to the defense and special teams of, of the Buffalo Bills. So, yes, they did concede a couple of scores late in the game to the Bucks, and the Bucks did, did have the chance to tie and maybe win the game, as you said, at the very end. But I thought for a lot of the night, the Bucks struggled with territory because the special teams and, and the punter in particular, Sam Martin for Buffalo, was putting the, the Buccaneers deep in their own half, and it just became really difficult for the Buccaneers to um, to try and get out of their own half. And I think at one point in the game, they had, oh, I can't remember the exact number, but five or six, I think it might have been, maybe as many as seven drives in a row where they had to punt it away, uh, Tampa Bay, because they just had no breathing room. And that was um, that's always important, isn't it? We like to talk about offense in football and the great offensive plays and the great throws and catches and touchdowns. But really, it's, it's the defense who puts your team in those good areas and the special teams combine the two and uh, and Buffalo did that to a T uh the other night no absolutely and the Bills have been dealing with a lot of injuries on the defensive side so they started to get a couple guys back but or the the actually really the replacements are stepping up so yeah good good performance by the Bills defense at the end of the game they were kind of playing a lot of that prevent which allowed uh Tampa Bay to get close but uh luckily we're able to hold on all right, let's do our uh, week eight preview then. The game's coming up tomorrow. Uh, let's start off with uh, the Bengals and the 49ers now has a really different look to it. Uh, maybe if this was a matchup happening in, in week four or five, we would have said, oh, the, 
49ers go in as as, uh, as strong favourites after the Bengals' slow start to the season. But Cincinnati's now won their last two games, um, beating Arizona and Seattle. So uh, decent wins there. Arizona was an expected win. Seattle was a bit more of a gritty win for the Bengals last week. Um, and the uh, the 49ers have lost their last two games, which has been uh, a surprise. They've dropped games to the Browns and the Vikings on Monday Night Football last week. So this has a slightly different look to it now. He would have said, oh, 49ers easily. And I think most people will probably go in picking the 49ers as the favourite. But um, maybe just a few uh, extra doubts now in the mind about the 49ers after their two losses. Yes, uh, but it does seem like Brock Purdy will be playing at quarterback. That was uh, an issue. He sustained a potentially sustained a concussion. He was in the concussion protocol this week. I believe he's cleared. <laughs> it's been very, very hard to kind of keep a good tab on the injuries that we've had some problems. Certainly, the Atlanta Falcons are doing some things. They're playing games, and it used to be much more clear cut. Uh, but I believe Brock Purdy has cleared, so he should be the quarterback. And I, I like them to bounce back. Uh, they have been dealing with injuries. Again, I think they'll be without Debo Samuel. That's a big loss on the offensive side. But I still think that the uh, the 49ers back at home, I know it's tough to come back off a of Monday night, but um, I think they should have a, a good chance. Though probably will be a close game against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jaguars and the Steelers uh, is a game that uh, should be high on the priority list to keep an eye on. With the Jaguars, I think we said last week that they've been a sneaky good team. Um, it's their their five and two record has uh, has sneaked up on us really. They've been in great form, going under the radar a little bit. Maybe playing those games over in London has has helped that under the radar status. Uh, playing in the early the earliest window and maybe not <coughs> fully exposed to the American audience as well. But they've won four games in a row. Uh, Jacksonville. They play the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who we know their defense is a highlight. They've I think four of their six games this year they've kept their opponents to less than twenty points. Um, so this, uh, and they've got a winning record as well, four and two. So four and two versus five and two in this game, and this this game should be a highlight. It's in the early window on uh, on uh, Sunday your time, Monday our time, and so I think this will be a good one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Pittsburgh coming off a really nice win, winning in uh, Los Angeles against the Rams. Um, yeah, both teams with you know maybe a little bit surprisingly uh, better records than people thought, but um, uh, it's a really tough one. I mean the. Jacksonville's the slightest favorite, but that's kind of tough. In Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh is always a tricky place to play. So um, this should be a really good game. Probably a little bit low scoring, as you said. The defenses, both defenses are good. Jacksonville's defense, very solid too. The Cleveland Browns take on the Seattle Seahawks. Both teams are four and two. Uh, the Browns have won uh, three of their last four games. The only loss in that run being the divisional match against the Baltimore Ravens and one of those wins was against the San Francisco 49ers. They know how to beat uh, some big teams. They beat the Bengals back in week one as well. So they've, they've been able to uh, to really step up on on the big stage in some games and Seattle is going to be another one. This game is in Seattle as well. So the Browns will have to travel across most of the country to get to the West Coast. Uh, Seattle have, uh, have won five, uh, four of their last five games. Their only loss being a four-point loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I feel like I want to tip the Seahawks at home here, but I give the Browns a big chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're coming off a nice win in in, in Indianapolis where they did get a lot of help from the officiating. Some very controversial calls all going against the Indianapolis Colts late, giving that Cleveland Browns a win there. Uh, but we talked about how good that Browns defense is. Even though last week was very oddly high scoring, both teams scoring tons of points in that Cleveland-Indianapolis game. 
But this defense against Seattle, Seattle's, you know, Geno Smith's proven that he's a he's a solid quarterback. He's uh, got got a good offense there. So, uh, yeah, again, it's a real tough one. Seattle with that home field advantage, maybe even a little extra home field advantage because of how great that crowd is. So, yeah, I would give Seattle the edge there. It looks like P.J. Walker will be starting at quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson ended up starting last week, but then got hurt within the game. And it, uh, it'll be Walker at quarterback for uh, Cleveland. Yeah, that's that's the sticking point, isn't it, for Cleveland, is that quarterback issue right now with the fitness of Deshaun Watson. The Rams are 3-4. and four. The Cowboys are 4-2. and two. This game is in the early window, so 4 a.m. kickoff uh, tomorrow, Melbourne time, or Australian East, Eastern Daylight time. Um uh, the Rams have been a bit thin. They've just won the two of their last, uh, what, six games that's been uh, for LA and the, the Dallas Cowboys back on the winner's list uh, recently after a, uh, a win against the Chargers not long ago. Uh, back on uh, home deck this week, the Cowboys, and I expect them to beat the Rams. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. You know, I just think in general the Rams are thin. They're just thin on talent. They have obviously a, a fantastic player on defense and Aaron Donald, one of the all-time greats, who's, you know, definitely at the later part of his career. And they have a fantastic wide receiver, Cooper Cup. And Puka Nakua is a rookie wide receiver who's just come on the scene incredibly well. And Matt, Matt Stafford's, Matthew Stafford's a top quarterback. But aside from that, they really are lacking. They had to make a lot of trades for, to bring in those star players, uh, trading away draft picks. And it's really, really stripped a lot of talent from the Rams while... Dallas has a, a lot more talent on both sides of the ball. So uh, Cowboys are big favorites in that game, a, a seven-point favorite, touchdown favorite. So, um, yeah, I would expect Cowboys to win. And the last game we'll have a look at uh, in depth is the Lions and the Raiders on Monday night, Monday night football. The Lions, as we said earlier, they uh, lost uh, their second game of the season last week against the Baltimore Ravens, and it was um, probably their worst loss of the season, 38-6. to Probably one of their worst losses um, in the last sort of almost two years, really. They've been um, such a, a great team for points scoring. Their record for scoring 20-plus points in a game stretches all the way back to mid-last year. So they've been really good on offense, but it was uh, stymied by the Ravens' defense last week. And they'll be looking to make an impact now on the national stage where they get a Monday night football game at Ford Field and they take on the Raiders, who are 3-4. and four, And uh, they've maybe had a couple of lucky wins even in that 3-4, and four, but... The Raiders are always a hard team to play, and uh, and the Lions uh, should. Um, I reckon they should account for the Raiders though on Monday night. Oh yeah, they're they're really big favorites. That that spot was tough for Detroit playing in Baltimore. Uh, it just was a, it was a tough spot for them. I, I would definitely uh, write that off as as not the biggest loss in terms of uh, Lions going forward. And then you know back home Monday night. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, though, expected to play uh, a quarterback for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, so that definitely helps them. But, yeah, still you expect Detroit. They're almost 10-point favorites in this game, so uh, nine-point favorites. So, yeah, big, big should be a, a pretty easy win for the Detroit Bank and bouncing back after off the loss. All right, let's uh, zip through the rest of the games and give our picks for the weekend. Vikings at the Packers in a divisional matchup. Who have you got here, Chief? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers here, even though I've been disappointed with Jordan Love. He started the season the first couple games looking like a player. Last week, uh, did have a good second half against the, the Denver Broncos, but I think Minnesota, coming off a Monday night win where they just beat one of the best teams in the league, I could see them having a letdown. 
So uh, I'll go with the Packers in that. I'm surprised you've gone with uh, with the Packers. I know you've been a little critical of Jordan Love, so that's uh, going against the grain for you, Chief. Uh, the Falcons at the Titans. Uh, the Falcons have been just eking out the wins uh, this season in their records up to four and three. The Titans are two and four. I'm going the Falcons here away. Yeah, here was a, an interesting starting quarterback here for the Tennessee Titans. Will Levis, first round pick. Rookie. Uh, yeah, rookie who's who's replacing uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's hurt. Um, he was someone who had talks of being maybe in the top handful of uh, picks in the NFL draft and ended up dropping precipitously. It was kind of rough to see in the in the NFL in the draft room in the in the in the green room watching him uh, fall. But uh, yeah, I think this is a, again another spot where Atlanta gets a good situation to, to pick up another win. So Atlanta, uh, I think they keep rolling. The Saints at the Colts, uh, both teams are three and four on the season. The Colts have lost two games in a row, but I'm going to tip them. I, I reckon they've been they've been an oddly fun team to watch. And even last week in that game against the Browns, high-scoring game, the back and forth between the two sides, I'm tipping the Colts at home against uh, New Orleans. I, I like that. They really have Indianapolis. The new head coach, I really like what he's done with them. They had some terrible calls go against them. Uh, the Saints and, and Derek Carr are just not trustworthy at quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you there with Indianapolis. Patriots travel to Miami, another divisional matchup in the AFC East. I think this is an easy tip for the Dolphins. Yeah, though I could see this being closer. You know, the, the Patriots had a, had a shocking win beating the, the Buffalo Bills, and I could see them getting some from some momentum from that. Uh, it's another division game. Um, Miami coming off a tough loss, kind of getting, uh, I think, Got a little bit of reality last week that it's not going to be that easy, that they're not going to be able to score, you know, 40, 50 points every game. Certainly, I think Miami wins, but they're 10-point favorites. I wouldn't lay 10 points. We get a New York matchup this week. The Jets and the Giants at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Jets are 3-3. Three and three, The Giants are 2-5. and five, And again, another week without Daniel Jones. However, some people probably say they look better with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. I'm tipping the Jets. Yeah, the, the Giants have played better with Tyrod Taylor. I think some of that has been that the offensive line has played better. Uh, yeah, the, the Jets are favored in this. It's uh, a, technically a Giants home game, but they play in the same stadium. So certainly will be plenty of Jets fans there. Uh, they're expecting extremely low scoring here because of how, how bad both offenses have been. But kind of one of those games where I could see the defense is scoring some points. Um, but I, I, as a Giants fan, i got to go with the Giants. The Eagles and the Commanders in a division matchup in the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles are 6-1. and one. They've got a 3-1 and one away record this season. And this game is away. They're playing Washington in, uh, in Landover in the, at FedEx Fields. Uh, the Commanders have they've picked off a couple of surprising wins this season. They've challenged a lot of teams in most games they've played. The Eagles will be the toughest challenge for them this season so far. And the Eagles are going to be my pick here. Yeah, I, I give Washington a real chance here. They're, they're significant underdogs, but again, a division game, a game that they're really going to be fired up for. They're coming off a division loss last week. Uh, the Eagles had a nice primetime win. I, I could see this being really close. Uh, I, I give Washington a real chance. I mean, obviously, it'd be a big upset, but I, I like the Reds. Uh, the uh, Commanders, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Texans and the Panthers. Now, the Panthers... Uh, the only team this season with a uh, with a winless record. They are 0-6. This game is a match between the two rookie quarterbacks, the two 
the top two picks from the most recent draft. Bryce Young, the quarterback for Carolina, and CJ Stroud, the quarterback for the Houston Texans. The Texans are 3-3 three and three and have looked pretty good this season under CJ Stroud. But can the Panthers get their first win of the season at home? Uh, I think they can. I think they really kind of have to in terms of uh, for their fans and for they, they don't even have their draft pick. The Chicago Bears hold their draft pick in that trade for uh, Bryce, uh, <laughs> Bryce Young. So uh, the Carolina needs a win. I think both teams are coming off a bye. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with Carolina. They're underdogs at home. Um, I think they got to get their first win this week. The Chiefs and the Broncos, AFC West divisional matchup, six and one Chiefs, two and five Broncos, so heavily stacked in the way of the Chiefs. This game is being played in Denver, Colorado at Mile High. Uh, the Chiefs, though, they've uh, they've been good this season. They've just dropped the one game, and uh, and they'll be my tip. I think there's um, I don't know how many arguments you can you can put up for uh, for Denver to win this game, but I've got the Chiefs comfortably. Yeah, though uh, this could be a very interesting weather game. Reports of maybe uh, lots of snow, some wind. Uh, which doesn't really hurt Kansas City. It's, it doesn't necessarily make, uh, the, I think Patrick Mahomes has played very well in poor weather. He doesn't matter what, what conditions it, for him. He plays great no matter what. So, yeah, I, I would agree Kansas City uh, should certainly get a win. But, again, it could be a little close, a little lower scoring because of the weather. Does it snow often in Colorado? Oh, yeah, yeah. Denver, uh, well, mile high especially. They can get snow anytime between, yeah, September and, and June. So it's really right. just July and August that maybe the only months that don't snow uh, in, in Denver. But they have beautiful weather generally, 300 days of sunshine a year. But uh, at, at the elevation, they could, they could get snow very often. Into the later window, uh, the Baltimore Ravens will travel to Arizona to play the Cardinals. The Cards are 1-6. and six. The Ravens are 5-2. and two. The Cardinals started the season looking okay, even though they weren't picking up the wins. Uh, it's, it's tapered off a little bit now for Arizona and Baltimore um, with a good win last week against Detroit, we want to keep that going because uh, their wins, some of their wins this season haven't been um, maybe that convincing. They've they've got the results and they've got the the record so far, the five and two record. But I think um, some fans and some analysts want to see the Ravens winning a bit better, and this is a good chance for them to do that away from home as well against a Cardinals team who who can be a bit plucky. But um, the big test for the Ravens, I think, to just test themselves. I'm tipping Baltimore here. Yeah, another chance for Lamar Jackson to play against an NFC team like he did last week against the Lions. He's 15-1 and in his career against NFC teams. I would expect him to go to 16-1 and uh, playing uh, uh, Arizona, who's kind of, again, in that are-they-tanking kind of mode. Uh, though they, they do play very hard, and I, I do like their quarterback, who's very smart. But um, Josh Dobbs is, a, is really a future backup quarterback in the NFL, so I uh, certainly like the Baltimore to win. Yeah, and all the, all the talk out of Arizona now is when is Kyler Murray going to be back? He's, uh, he's getting closer to his return date. It, uh, won't be, uh, it won't be that soon, but it will be eventually this season he'll come back. So all eyes now on Kyler Murray for his return from the ACL that suffered last year. And the last game to look at is the Bears and the Chargers, and both teams have had disappointing seasons um, the Bears two and five, the Chargers two and four, and we always expect a bit more from the Chargers. We spoke about them last week and uh, their issues, and their head coach maybe at his at his last chance now, Brandon Staley. I, I will tip the Chargers at home um, in uh, in California, but um, yeah, I don't really know what to think of, of the Chargers anymore. I had high hopes for them over the last two or three years, but um, yeah, the Chargers against the Bears, it could really be a good chance for the Bears to to go in and upset uh, Los Angeles. 
Yeah, this is a, another one of those disappointing primetime games uh, Sunday night here in the States, and um, you have uh, two losing teams, and no, no Justin Fields for Chicago Bears, Tyson Badgett, who played very well last week, albeit against the uh, the Raiders. Uh, but yeah, you certainly got to like the Chargers at home. I, I actually think they get a big win, and uh, they're actually surprisingly, maybe even more surprising that they're nine-point favorites, a team that doesn't really do that to teams but i think the chargers put have a big win uh we've got one in from aiden who says good morning geordie and the chief my prediction this week sorry chief is to not trust jordan love christian watson and aaron jones in the packers lineup as they attempt to break their recent form slump that's from aiden in brighton here in uh, melbourne uh chief um well you've tipped the packers chief so have you got a response to aiden off the text (laughs) I know it's very fair. I mean, it's not something I feel terribly strong in. I, I just I don't like teams coming off Monday night wins. I feel like they've been celebrating uh, Wednesday, Thursday. By the time they start thinking about the the, the week coming up, uh, they're, b- they're behind. And uh, yeah, I think Packers, still Packers at home, uh, means something. So uh, that's why I'm going Green Bay. Let's have a chat about the uh, the World Series. It's been uh, the main thing on my TV this well, this last sort of two weeks almost as we've got towards the pointy end. Um, the Championship Series uh, matches in the ALCS, the NLCS, and now the World Series, which started yesterday. And the, the next game is about to begin in about uh, two and a half hours from now, game number two of the World Series between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. But last time we were on Air Chief, we were in the middle of the Championship Series. So let's quickly rewind and have a look what happened during the week since we last spoke. And both series went to Game 7s, which uh, both series going to Game 7 hasn't happened in a while in uh, in the Major League. And uh, we had um, absolute uh, thrillers in, in both series. Let's start off with the all-Texan uh, matchup in the ALCS with the Texas Rangers against the Houston Astros. And um, it, was, um, it was the Rangers who came from 3-2 down in the series and won the final two games. Every team... Well, both teams in this series won all of their games away, so there were no home winners at all in this, across the seven games. Uh, and the Texas Rangers did it uh, off the back of Adolis Garcia uh, in those last two matches, which was just incredible baseball. It was um, highly entertaining. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, that, that game seven wasn't very close as it was you know, Garcia hitting a grand slam to really open the game up. But, uh, yeah, just crazy to see uh, road teams win in every game. But... That's the way it went, and uh, all season long, the Houston Astros had a, had a better record on the road than at home, so it really kind of held to form, and yeah, just the Rangers getting it done, and I think really kind of shocking a lot of uh, baseball fans who thought that it was just going to be the Astros figuring their way due to all their recent success, but it was uh, Texas uh, pulling it off in, uh, in in just wild fashion, really. Have, have the Houston Astros, I know they've They've had success and they've won World Series recently, but could it have been more? Should it have been more over these these last couple of years? Yeah, that's a great question. They they've won two World Series. Uh, the one in two thousand seventeen is is very scrutinized due to the sign stealing, cheating scandal. So, uh, and then they they did win last year. Uh, two different managers during that stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, in some ways, you could say people are calling them a dynasty. I don't, I don't think they're a dynasty. I think you got to win more than two, even if you do uh, get to the World Series or get to the Championship Series all those years in a row. Uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily disappointing, but I certainly wouldn't put them in that that dynasty uh, category. 
And and their manager, Dusty Baker, has uh, announced his retirement as well. He's been a manager in the league for 26 seasons. And now at the age of uh, 74, he has uh, called it a day. Yeah, uh, just a, a real cool guy. Uh, he's actually a friend of a friend, so I get to follow some of his off-the-field uh, stuff, which is just a lot of fun. Dusty Baker is just uh, a great baseball man. He was a great baseball player. And uh, he said he's not necessarily 100% retiring. I don't know if he'd come back, maybe do a little media, do a little consulting. Uh, he's got some business interests outside of baseball, so uh, maybe he'll focus more on that. But he, he's the kind of guy that uh, he's always going to be doing something. He's not going to just sit around. So uh, I still think maybe he'll dip his toe somewhere in baseball. But, yeah, maybe we won't see him as a, as a full-time bench manager again. And then in the NLCS, so the Rangers and the Astros series was incredible. But even more incredible was the Arizona Diamondbacks getting up in the NLCS. The Diamondbacks, who uh, I think I saw a tweet during the week from – uh, ESPN or someone related to ESPN said that uh, all of their um, baseball experts preseason, uh, which there was about 28 of them or something who all submitted their preseason predictions in, none of them had the Diamondbacks making the playoffs uh, the postseason, let alone making it all the way to the World Series. And you look at their, their record this season, the Diamondbacks, they won 84 games, which is only a fraction over 50% of their matches. So they weren't, they only sneaked into the playoffs at the very last minute as a wildcard team. They've come from, uh, or they've beaten on the way through. They beat uh, Milwaukee, who were a division winner, the LA Dodgers, who have been one of the power teams of the last couple of years, and the Phillies, who were the runners-up in the World Series last year. Um, And they came from behind twice against the Phillies in this series to get the overall series win and make it to the World Series. It is an incredible story that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series at all, Chief. Oh, it, it really is. Uh, the Chicago Cubs had a, had a great chance of securing that final wild card spot, and just they collapsed down the stretch. Um, Arizona did, yeah, they backed into the playoffs. Really, uh, got lucky just to get in, but that's the way it is now in, in Major League Baseball, especially. Uh, just get in and 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 see how the chips fall. And wild card teams have had made deep runs in these. Uh, in these playoffs of uh, recent years, lots of World Series winners coming from the wild card spot. Um, and now the sixth, now that there's there's three wild card teams, they were the third wild card team, the sixth seed. And yeah, shocking across the board. As you said, the 28 experts, quote unquote, one of the all time legends in, in US sports radio, Chris Mad Dog Russo, part of the Mike and the Mad Dog team that started in the late 80s, really uh, growing sports radio. And, uh, said he was going to retire on the spot if the Diamondbacks won that series and had to back <laughs> off it um, because of, of how just uh, just incredible, too, especially how great uh, Philadelphia Phillies' offense has been at home. Them just getting completely shut down, those two, Game 6 and Game 7, at home at Citizens Bank Ballpark, their superstar hitters, uh, just none of them performing. I mean, just none of them even getting hits on bait, nothing. It was just... Uh, uh, real shocker uh, for all sports fans here in the U.S. and anyone who follows baseball. Yeah, yeah, it was great pitching as well from the Diamondbacks to keep the uh, the top three of the Phillies, uh, Schwarber, Turner, and Harper um, at bay in that game seven. Um, do you give them much of a chance now, the Diamondbacks, in this World Series? They they did go down yesterday in the in the first game, but um, matching them up against the Texas Rangers, so you got the five seed from the American League against the sixth seed from the National League. How much of a chance do you give Arizona now in this World Series? 
Oh, you, you can't write them off. You just can't. They've been uh, the comebacks instead of the Diamondbacks. They've just, uh, you can't knock them down. And the Texas Rangers have been streaky all season, all very streaky through this postseason, having won the first seven, then losing three in a row. And now they've won three in a row. But if Arizona can get one, you know, maybe they can get two or three. So um, certainly give Arizona a, a chance. Um, you really kind of need, you'd say you need tonight, but who knows, you know, <laughs> the way these series have gone. Um, they'll have three games you know, after tonight in Texas. They'll have three at home in uh, Phoenix. And then uh, uh, hopefully game six and seven back in, in Texas. So um, I, I, wouldn't write them, I wouldn't write them off, even as though the, the Rangers were significant favorites before the series. And then obviously after um, winning game one, a game that they really should have lost if uh, they're Closer for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Paul Seawald has been excellent for them, but uh, gave up a big two-run homer to Corey Seager to send attack trainings. So uh, really could very easily be Diamondbacks up 1-0. So uh, obviously Rangers are significant favorites now, but certainly wouldn't write off the Diamondbacks. Yeah, let's talk about yesterday's game. So they were 5-3 down the Rangers until the bottom of the ninth innings. Corey Seager... Two-run home run to tie the game at 5-all. Then into extra innings, and Adolis Garcia wins with a walk-off home run, which I think was the first one, uh, first game one walk-off winner since the famous Kirk Gibson game back in 1988. So a bit of uh, bit of history. Yeah, yeah, and that was a that was a four-game sweep. That that was a series where uh, the A's were were favorites in that, and they they lost that first game and just were never able to recover from it. Uh, could possibly happen here, you know. It's possible that the Diamondbacks, that was a real blow to their psyche. Also, really a blow to Paul Seawald's confidence, the closer. Um, so that, that could be a fear there, that if, if you have a weakness at that, that spot, um, it's tough. And then, you know, Texas, with all this energy and momentum, but again, they've had a few moments of that already in the postseason, and it's turned on them. So, uh, again, if you, if you lose one and... They have a very good. We talk about starting pitching, and and that's the uh, Merrill Kelly, a very good pitcher, pitching tonight for uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hopefully, he can can put them back in the series. The World Series is always one of the great times on the sporting calendar. There was a sign sign stealing scandal this week, Chief, uh, in college football involving Michigan. What's the what's the outline of this? Well, you know, unlike the NFL, where there's uh, microphones and uh, speakers and the headsets of uh, the uh, quarterback, the signs going to the offensive players have to actually be signaled in from the sideline to the quarterback in college football and as in, uh, as in like University physical, of Michigan. Physical placards and, and yes. hand gestures? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And that's why you, you sometimes see these ridiculous signs or these sometimes you'll see these long um, just like sheets covering so they could kind of block some of this sign stealing. Um, they use lots of different coding, but evidently, uh, yeah, Michigan, uh, University of Michigan had a uh, kind of a sign-stealing scout going to uh, different games, and if you're just going to the game and you have a little notebook and you write down what you think you see, that's one thing, but he may have been recording the sidelines of uh, future opponents, and that would be against uh, NCAA rules, so uh, still in the middle of the investigation, still looking into it, but... Yeah, certainly some some controversy there with uh, University of Michigan potentially uh, potentially getting themselves in some trouble here. How severe could the punishment be? 
You know, I don't know because this is totally unprecedented. It's the first time the uh, NCAA has looked into any of this. Um, Jim Harbaugh, the head coach, had already been suspended for uh, a couple games to start the season due to a, um, I think, some recruiting violations during the COVID nineteen, uh, you know, dead period when you weren't supposed to be contacting uh, recruits. So they've already gotten a little bit of trouble. Um, but it, yeah, you can see uh, obviously penalties from yeah coaches being suspended to. If it's really severe, you know, potentially not being able to play in bowl games or being ineligible for the championship, and Michigan's the, the number two team in the country, and uh, obviously a very good chance to, to be in the national championship mix. So, um, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. It's just the uh, investigation is just getting started. The start of the NBA season, uh, we've uh, it's been pretty standard so far, but a couple of highlights in there. Victor Wembanyama had his first double-double and his first victory with the San Antonio Spurs uh, yesterday when they beat the Houston Rockets 126-122. to 122. Wemby had uh, 21 points and 12 rebounds. But um, the other day, the Milwaukee Bucks with a one-point win over the 76ers and Dame Lillard, new to the Bucks this season, had 39 points in a, a one-point game, 118-117. to 117. Yeah, and it, certainly the end of that game was uh, Dame time. Um, scored 14 of the last 16 points in the game. Clutch free throws, clutch shots, and... He's just such a perfect companion for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Giannis is such a great uh, rebounder, low post score, finisher around the basket. Maybe not the best outside shooter, but there's no one better from the perimeter than, than Damian Lillard. So really it's just a perfect uh, duo of, of those two superstars. And uh, Damian Lillard, I think he's going to be uh, really productive for the Milwaukee Bucks and, and hopefully really clutch in bigger, bigger games as he starts to play, hopefully in a long playoff run. Had some Aussies go head-to-head yesterday as well in the Dallas-Brooklyn game. 125-120, to Dallas got the win with uh, Dante Exum and uh, Josh Green in the lineup for Dallas. And Ben Simmons returning to the court for the Brooklyn Nets. He had a double-double in that game as well. 10 points, 10 rebounds for Ben Simmons. So hopefully a strong season ahead for the Aussies. The last bit of business for today, Chief, is ice hockey. The NHL this week on uh, Wednesday our time, Tuesday your time, had... Uh, a thing called Frozen Frenzy. Every team played on the same day. Staggered start. So all 16 games started 15 minutes after the after the last. Um, but it was on a Tuesday, midweek. It might have been better on a weekend. And it went up against the opening day of the NBA. What did you make of it? Is it something that works? And can they improve it, the NHL? Well, well it definitely worked. The ratings were fantastic for the games. They broke records. It was also uh, the Game 7 of the, uh, I believe, the ALCS so they, they were hoping when they initially scheduled it, they wouldn't be going up against the baseball game. But because the series went to seven, they did. Um, I don't think they're that worried about that much of an NBA, NHL. There's not a huge overlap in fans, but uh, it did great ratings. It'll be something that hopefully they will continue to do. Uh, they had one um, ESPN had a ESPN2 did a whip around, you know, red zone style concept, which mm. is extremely popular in all sports. Uh, uh, I love the Galazzo show they have here in the States for uh, Champions League soccer on, on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons. Yeah. So it, it's a fantastic concept. Um, but uh, hockey really it really was a nice boost for the NHL, and hockey's become more popular. That's been it for the All-American Hour. See you again next week.